Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. VGK drops its first preseason game. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco in Las Vegas. Chris Golick is joining us from Chicago today. And welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel at Locked On VGK. And uh, Chris, the Golden Knights, uh, they played their first preseason game, the first of seven last night in Denver. And the storyline in the Golden Knights' three-to-one loss uh, up there in Colorado was VGK committing nine penalties uh, in that game, leading to two avalanche goals, uh, the other coming on an empty netter. And on these nine power play uh, opportunities, the Abs got off 15 shots on goal. And I think that that was uh, perhaps the main storyline. Just some takeaways. Your favorite goalie on the planet, Michael Hutchinson, was in that. He actually played very well at 13 saves in a period and a half. Uh, Paul Cotter, he looked pretty good. He scored the only goal that was on a power play for the VGK and uh, really did very well. Uh, scored that goal on Georgiev. Uh, was very good in uh, leading the possession of the puck. Uh, leading up to the power play opportunity and then finishing it off. Uh, Jake Lashizan, I thought, played well. Um, and then there was one injury. Uh, William Carrier leaves the game with an upper, here we go again, with an upper body injury. Line line four is doomed, Tony. If uh, line four can't come out of camp, we might as well just cancel the season, right? But that's the way it seemed like last year, I guess. Um my takeaway, I really liked uh, the Nick Waggle or the Nick Wa assist to Paul Cotter. It really showed how he could use, he could make something happen with a small amount of space that led to a scoring attempt. So that was certainly a real good thing to see. Cotter did a good job finishing. Hutchinson, fine, whatever. He did okay. Um, I think Patero was the issue on the second goal he gave up in the third. That was just like a beer league goal right there, right? He's sitting there on his knees whoever it was, I don't know, comes in from the side and just puts it over the roof. There was a big gaping hole there. That That's something that can't happen. But, you know, nine penalties, whatever. The refs are told to do different things in the preseason. And I don't care if it's nine penalties, 12 penalties, 15, whatever. It, it, it is what it is with that. But, hey, a power play goal. How about that? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, in, in the defense of VGK, and at special teams, I mean, they just implemented yesterday a lot of what they were going to try to do uh, with the, uh, the power play unit and on the penalty kill. So uh, it's just it's a process. And by games like four and five and that we'll see an improvement tonight when, you know, VGK takes the ice again. Uh, but, we'll, you know, it's something that's a work in progress. You have to believe uh, that they're not going to overnight suddenly fix all the issues on special teams. No, and we really had three twelfths or one-fourth, if you will, of what might be our projected opening top 12. 
really that line four with Colastar, Wah, and Carrier, which was now line one last night. So let's not put a whole lot of stock into this. You have basically nine other players that were fighting for a roster position last night. You're not going to get a whole lot of the system and what things are going to look like. So it's good to see a VGK back on the ice. Uh, good to see the players, you know, and just hear the familiar voices and things like that. And it's it's an exciting time right now. Like I said, I'm here in Chicago watching from afar. So, folks, if we're shaking a little bit, I'm sorry. This is like the AHL feed uh, or from the rookie tournament the other day. But we're I'm sitting literally in the lobby here of the country in Radisson here in the sprawling metropolis of Schaumburg, Illinois, with a, a laptop. So if it's a little different than what you're used to, folks, I'm sorry. But we'll get through this, Tony. We'll get through it. It's our preseason, too. <laughs> it surely is. And uh, the lines last night, top line, as you mentioned, was Carrier. Uh, Wah and Colasar, and yeah, that Wah pass was really special there. I thought that was really you know, good. That was a good and finding play. the space, and then Cotter with the quick release there for the goal, and then uh, Howden, Fraze, Amadio on the second, and then you had Lachizan, uh Dean, and Ron Bjorg on the third, Cotter, Morozov, and Dorofeyev on the third line, and then the uh, the pairings, you know, defensively, Hutton and White Cloud. Uh, Bischoff and Cormier and Hayes and uh, Pahal. So those were, uh, again, the lines. And then they split the three goaltenders, uh, the two goaltenders, I should say, with uh, Hutchinson and Patera. And uh, tonight, they, from what they said on the broadcast, were expected to see some of the veterans play uh, this evening. How much do you think uh, they will add um, as far as veteran presence in the game this evening? I'd probably say six of the 12 will be possible um, combinations you'll see coming out of camp. It'll be interesting to see if they do come out with that, uh, with the Eichel line tonight, along with Kessel and Riley Smith. I don't think we're going to see Mark Stone tonight. He's been practicing, which is a good thing. And and I know people were concerned. It seems like Stone is, is uh, progressing to possibly uh, be ready day one, or he wouldn't be on the ice right now. I'm sure they're being really careful with him there. So I'm excited to see how that's going to play out. Um, our line three right now is slated for Carlson, Amadio, and um, uh, Howden. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them go back to back. And line four might be like your decision, Ron Beer, Dorfiev, you know, throwing any AHL player here. Uh, definitely interesting seeing a white cloud last night out there with uh, Hutton. That looks like that's going to be uh, possibly an opening uh, night, how that's going to start. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Nick Haig later, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyone else stand out in your mind? Uh, again, there were some travel issues, too, for the VGK. They started the game a half an hour late. Um, it was a uh, – I thought that they were going to play the game in Vero Beach with the split squad. You know, there too with the, the Avalanche last night. But well, anyone I else? The game started half hour late. Was it VGK travel? I, I yeah, it was it. the travel. Yeah, it, it was uh, some travel issues. I guess the flight was late out of Las Vegas. Uh, they left because they had the, uh, the the workout in the morning here in Las Vegas, and they left a, a little bit late. I thought, you know, and uh, they got there a little bit late to the arena. And so, you know, more credit because uh, they did interview Michael Hutchinson between periods. He was like, yeah, we had some travel issues. I think they just got on the ice, skated around a couple of laps, and then went to work pretty much. So, uh, yeah, they had just arrived. They got in late there in Colorado. 
uh, that's what the preseason is all about, I guess. And sorry, folks, I'm trying not to shake the camera. I can see it moving a little bit. So if I give anyone uh, any type of motion sickness, I apologize. But we'll, we'll get through this. But, um, you know, like I said, it's preseason. I wonder how the scheduling would have been affected if this was a regular season game, if there would have been a bigger – like, I, I wonder if there is a any type of minimum from – the moment a team lands to how early a game can start and that type of thing. So I don't know, but I mean, like I said, it's preseason. We got hockey. Life is good. Okay. Yeah. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at uh, those new lines. Perhaps those are lines that will be sticking uh, in the upcoming season. Uh, Bruce Cassidy shuffling things up here and the misfit line, perhaps no more. We'll talk about that when we return right here on locked on golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started using Athletic Greens because I didn't have time to have a full meal. It is uh, something that gives me more energy. And really, I wanted to see what this hype was all about, and it really has worked. I've been using it for the better part of over three months now, and I really do love it. And it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste. I actually look forward to taking it each and every morning. And uh, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing uh, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. And it's really good. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All those things. So I definitely take it with me when I travel, uh, and it definitely helps me to uh, stay healthy. It costs uh, less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. That's right. And there's a lot of testimonials, over 7,000 five-star reviews, and recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. And in 2020, AG uh, donated over 1.2 million meals to kids, and that is really something special. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL network again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Chris Golick is with us today. I'm Tony Cardasco. Chris, uh, thanks for just uh, giving us, carving out a little time there at your hotel this morning in Chicago. I'm back here in Las Vegas and, uh, you know, this past week we saw it's crazy though how quickly they do get to work in the NHL because uh, they opened camp on Wednesday, didn't hit the ice until Thursday. Um, and then now they're going to go deep into seven preseason games, six more remaining. Uh, you talked a little bit about Mark Stone. He said, you know, his back was fine, but every other muscle in his body was hurting uh, after the first day of skating. So uh, the lines were juggled. And again, He's pretty much in that red non-contact jersey. Uh, but, we, you know, we'll talk about Stone here in a second. Uh, the top line, I got to give you kudos because you wanted Phil Kessel on the top line. It appears as though that could happen with Jack Michael centering and Riley Smith. You've got uh, Stevenson, 
centering Marcheseau and Stone. Carlson on the third line. How many $6 million players are there on third lines? With Brett Howden and Michael Amadio. And then Wa Carrier. Let's hope that Carrier is okay with that upper body injury. And Keegan Colasar. Yeah, so, I mean, this is an extremely balanced top 12 here. Um, having Riley Smith up there with Eichel and Kessel, you have Eichel and Kessel to basically create the offense. Riley Smith is going to be your two-way forward in that line to hopefully uh, prevent uh, the odd man rushes and such when, when Eichel and Kessel are you know both behind the net and such trying to make things happen. Uh, Stevenson... Marcheseau Stone and that line, same thing. Stevenson and Marcheseau is where your offense is going to come from. And then you have Mark Stone, who is your balance on that line. Also shout out for um, the synergy and chemistry that Stevenson did have with Stone last year. I, I honestly, I feel like I was on Island. Every other person that I, I respect, and, and this doesn't mean knocking on anyone either here, but just all the other, you know, we all follow multiple news sources and stuff like that. And I'm a fan just as well as I enjoy doing this sort of thing here. Um, but no one had Stevenson on a line with Mark Stone being the second <laughs> right. line. And I feel like that's where I was from day one. So I guess you uh, were. You we'll were. see if it works or not. You no, <laughs> it's, yeah, that's great, though. Yeah, you were definitely spot on. Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. Um, I got no, you no, you're good. You're good. Uh, Carlson down the line three again. I mean, you know, take away the salary. I think that's the right spot for him right now. Um, that line is a very good shutdown line that can also create offense if Carlson and obviously can figure some things out right there. But Carlson, obviously we, we talked about line four already a little bit. With a Carrier Colasar on line four to, you know, make the other players have to earn the ice. Um, I like the balance here. This is going to be a hard top 12 to score on. And I think there is also the ability, if they want to flop like Smith and March or so, to create, you know, a more potent line one and stuff like that. You're not going to take anyone – you're not going to take anyone from the bottom six and move them up. I guess the big question mark is if a carrier does have a long-term injury, we certainly hope not. I guess he, he went into the boards awkwardly trying to deliver a hit, which is certainly uh, not a shocker by any means with carrier just trying to crush someone in the, you know, the first day of the first game of the first, uh, the start of camp, so to speak. So that's not a surprise there, unfortunately. But, you know, if Carrier does go down, you could see a scenario where, like, Howden drops down to line four, and then you look at one of our, you know, more skilled AHL uh, prospects or, you know, like a Brisson or something like that to possibly get a shot on day one. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Brisson was a player that was in a red jersey, hurt himself in rookie camp, and then he took it off the second day on Thursday, and he's back to skating and. Hopefully we'll see uh, Brisson, Brendan Brisson, uh, get some ice time in tonight's game. Bruce Cassidy, you know, I, I'm wondering how much these lines are going to stick or if he's just kind of toying with the possibilities. But these do seem like they're legitimate lines. Um, will we see Jack Eichel play in the preseason? Uh, we saw how damaging it was to the Raiders not playing Derek Carr and Devontae Adams in the preseason. I had to sneak that one in there now that they're all three. Uh, but, you know, Bruce Cassidy, Chris, he was so honest about his new structure the other day in his presser and just talking about everything from soup to nuts and how they pretty much took pieces of what he did in Boston, of uh, John Stevens, uh, again, the PK, and what they're going to do because they're definitely following what he was running in Dallas last year. 
They even took some snippets and they're integrating some of what Pete DeBoer had done. And Cassidy just flat out was telling us exactly what this uh, structure might look like. They're pretty much taking bits and pieces of different systems and then at uh, neutral ice in the neutral zone. And we didn't see much of the system. Let's be honest, you know, in the game last night, save some good forechecking, I thought, you know, was pretty good. There was a little bit more uh, physicality, I felt, you know, in VGK and that game. And uh, they're going to do more one, two, two at center ice and entering the zone um, than the one, one, three that Pete DeBoer had uh, used. But I thought, again, you know, I just felt that Bruce Cassidy was so honest to the media, to the fans, and just giving us an example of how he's going to be running things structurally here in Vegas. Chris, I think we might have lost you. We'll take a break and we'll return with more of Lockdown Golden Knights right after this. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco here in Las Vegas. And Chris Golick is joining us from Chicago. And uh, we hope to reconnect with Chris here uh, very soon. But I know that Chris uh, really wanted to talk a lot about uh, what was happening with Nick Haig. And uh, again, uh, Nick Haig is still unsigned. Um, and we know that uh, Kelly McCrimmon said that it's a priority still to sign Nicholas Haig, but no dialogue supposedly still has happened since uh, back in in July, in early uh, July. And so we're trying to figure out uh, what the status is. Um, Chris, we lost him, but I know that he has talked repeatedly about uh, this situation pretty much uh, turning out. Can you hear me, Chris, now uh, talking about Nick Haig and I know that you've uh, wanted to see a sign and trade or is, do you still feel something is up with Nick Hay? Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to see a sign and trade, but that might be the potential path here because this is such a weird spot right now where BGK does have, it's somewhere between like what three to three and a half million to work with right now, depending on how you pencil things with Weber and, you know, Leonard and the players going up and down and such like that. Does that mean they want to nuke that entire three million plus on Nick Hague? I think the answer is a wholeheartedly no. And I do feel that Nick Hague's camp might be simply trying to max out the VGK credit card right now because they do have this money available. And this is precious money that VGK may need later in the season, whether it's playing the salary cap uh, Kino, as we like to allude to, or or roulette, so to speak. Um, so do I want to see Haig off the VGK? No, there, there's, I, I definitely want to see him. He is a perfect, you know, player for our bottom six who can move up to our, you know, he's a perfect player for our third defensive pairing that can move up to the top four when needed. And he does have some offense to back up with his uh, patented Hager bomb as well. If they do sign and trade him, I don't know what the return is because I don't know what type of potential other teams look at Nick Hague. He's valuable. He will do well for them. He will log minutes. He will hits and all the things that needs to be done. 
are they going to get like a third round draft pick or a second round draft pick or a player that can chip in right now, sort to speak? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'd rather see Nick wearing the BGK uniform at a hit of about two and a half million dollars. And I feel like we're probably over half a million dollars and possible term away from a deal. And I don't necessarily think this is going to end soon, even though VGK holds, we hold all the, uh, the advantage in this whole situation because he's the one that's going to be giving up money, time of his career and things like that. And also the way he now looks for the, in the public perception of, you know, just trying to milk, uh, milk some extra money. So I think they're going to make a deal sooner than later. If they don't, I think Haig is the one that comes out looking worse, not VGK. Okay, so Kelly McCrimmon, once again, when he spoke to the media last week at camp, uh, preseason camp, again, reiterates, you know, that they want to get this done, that it is a priority in the interim. I think it was Elliot Friedman had reported that there were a couple of teams now that have inquired about Hague. So that could change everything, too, uh, the dynamics, whether there's a deal, whether they do make a trade. And I thought it was pretty interesting, again, the transparency of Bruce Cassidy, I think we're really going to like here in Vegas. Um, he just flat out said, okay, the next person player up is Caden Korzak. Okay. No pressure on you, you know, so, but Korzak now, uh, is that guy, uh, and we'll probably see him in action. I would guess, I would venture to guess tonight. Uh, and if he does succeed, plays well in preseason, that in turn, could be leverage for VGK with Nick Hague, or again, it could lead to some sort of a deal. Yeah, sorry I lost you guys earlier. I was busy getting a comment card to complain about the Wi-Fi here at the country in rest. So, <laughs> I'm kidding about that. It's, it's Are you in the weight room? Is that the first time you've seen that room? No, I, I no, the breakfast is right over here, so I've spent a lot of time in there the last four days. The coffee is right there. I sure as heck has found that a bunch of times, and the the hot tub and stuff is right back there, so I've been there too as well. So it's been it, it's been very good here. Um, but one thing I did want to touch on earlier before I did kind of cut out on you guys, and sorry about that, but um, I, I wanted to talk about you know Tony, we do mention how we as fans you know would like to get more, especially out of McCrimmon and stuff like that. And you know now that we're getting some possible, I'll say possible, I'll allude in that in a second. Now that it seems like we're getting some possible honesty, it kind of feels weird, especially in, in a town like Vegas where it's as, as, as dishonest as it could possibly be. Just call it what it is in a lot of things there. But, you know, so it's interesting hearing Cassidy, you know, talk like this. But don't forget for a second, folks, we as media, we're pawns. We are pawns to, you know, for people to get messages out and stuff like that amongst the public. And whether it's honest or not honest or whether the message is simply to his team about, you know, Korzak, Hey, you're, you know, get up there, your next one up or about the stuff like that, whatever. Cause there are other people, you know, maybe even watching. I mean, we know people do watch you and our stuff and maybe there are, you know, beat writers from other, you know, teams watching this, trying to get something like that. And, you know, so don't forget we're, we're, we're pawns when, when the, when the, the play, the people and the ties that run the organization, coaches, general managers, owners, et cetera, maybe not the owner, but everyone else, we're pawns. And when people are making all these statements and such, it might simply be just them trying to uh, get in the heads of people. Okay. Could be some posturing there. And uh, your guy, Michael Hutchinson, what was up with the Marley's slash Maple Leafs mask? 
got to get rid of him. He doesn't think he's going to be here for too long. He, he doesn't <laughs> think he's going to be here for too long, I think. You're so really fast, you, I have a – today's Monday, folks. I know we're kind of getting down – I think we're in segment three already. So uh, I can safely come in. I have a what the Monday for everybody. I have a what the Monday for everybody. So I'm, I'm here – you know, Illinois is a very weird place when it comes to roads and stuff like that. Sometime in the 90s, they developed a little expressway called the Elgin O'Hare Expressway. The funny thing about the Elgin O'Hare, it neither went to Elgin nor O'Hare. It was the middle stage. And as time went on, they were supposed to get one to Elgin, get, get you know, phase two to Elgin, phase three to O'Hare. Well, go back to the 90s to present day, 30 years later, this has not happened yet. But there is one key change to this expressway. It's a tollway. It's a tollway. So now the Elgin O'Hare that goes neither to Elgin or, or O'Hare costs you money to go on. And here's the best part about it. If you have one of these little iPass things, you pay half price. If you don't have the iPass, you have to go online and they charge you double. So what the Monday to Illinois for still doing <laughs> Illinois things 30 years later, folks. It hasn't changed a bit. So if there's any Chicago people watching this, I love you guys. But my God, what's happening here? Okay. What the Monday? What the Monday? Uh, Goddard, Ron Bjork, Lachizan. Those three. Who do you think sticks with the main lineup, the main uh, roster? I no, that, say. that's a good question. Cotter has the best offensive touch of that bunch. I think Lachizan is the most well-rounded of that bunch. He does have the most experience playing, I think, 43 games last year. And Ron Bjork, I saw a lot of positive PR amongst a couple different outlets last night, just about his forechecking and ability. So the most ready player right now today is Lecision if they're looking for balance. And if you look at, at the lineup that um, uh, that Cassidy has deployed in the, the lines we talked about in segment one, I think uh, I think Lecision fits the most. But if they're looking for scoring, I think Paul Cotter would be the way to go. But based on the way Cassidy has it, Lecision, I think, is ahead of the players you mentioned. But again, we got to get a look at Braswan. We got to get a good look at Braswan as we... Uh, get closer to the start of the season. Okay. Uh, are you going to fly back a special flight to, just to get back here to, to pick up your Bruce Cassidy statue tonight? Um, no, we're, we're, we're coming back tomorrow. No, unfortunately I will not be there um, to get my Bruce Cassidy gold bust or probably any other gold bust in the preseason. I think, I mean, geez, I don't know. Yeah. So tonight, do you, do you think we'll see uh, perhaps uh, the two top goalies? Uh, for VGK, uh, do you think we will see Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill? Maybe they split time in this game tonight? I mean, maybe because all the other goalies traveled, right? Um, Seville was there last night along with Patera and Hutchinson. And really, the only other two goalies that I believe we have are them. So well, you might, if I had to guess, I don't know if, if um, LT dresses tonight. I had to, if I had to guess, Aiden Hill maybe gets like the first two periods, and Seville gets period three. Probably Seville, or yeah. A, a flop like, or some type of swap. But I think Aiden Hill starts the game, and LT probably maybe dresses, but doesn't do anything besides dressing. If they decide to dress three goalies, which I believe you can in the preseason. Okay, so VGK plays the Kings. We'll have a recap coming up for you tomorrow. Chris, uh, get back to the weight room, coffee room, uh, coffee. the little kitchen. Hot tub. That whole area, the hot tub. Get back to Wait, all no. those things. No. God, no. That O'Hare Road, all those things in Chicago. Portillo's, oh, tilts. everything. Ooh, Portillo's, now you got me. Now you got okay. me. Okay. Former man, Chris Lumonatis. I went there for the first time this past summer. I'm so still good. full.
Thanks for uh, joining us, Chris, from uh, Chicago. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On VGK. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knight. Take care.